Hello and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty for another exciting podcast. <laughs> um, how do you really start podcasts, right? Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know. Uh, part of me feels like maybe I ought to refer to my listeners, right? I ought to speak directly to you. Hello, listeners. Today's podcast is... Uh, is another learning exercise, learning exercise for me, and maybe a little bit of a uh, high school science class for you. There you go. <laughs> so I was thinking about uh, running. So it is the month of August. It's the last day in August. And this month I ran over 56 miles for my sister's birthday. So I try to run my age, and so I ran her age. And in running these miles, I did something different than what I've done in the past. So instead of doing like tens and eights and you know twelve mile run here, I really piecemealed it by like two miles here. I felt like at four miles here, and I didn't map out how to get fifty six miles. Instead, what I did was I looked at the percentage of days and then percentage done, and just tried to kind of stay close. Uh, and found that I was never really sore, right? Like it was, it was, a, it was a much better, it was a much better run for me than trying to push for longer runs. I know you're wondering, what does this have to do with high school science? I know, I know I'm getting there. So it made me think about something I was talking with my dad about. So I was trying to convince him that, so he is now a step back. He's now a COVID long hauler and he's having a very hard time breathing and he has gone from being a very active man to basically sitting around. And one of the things that I told him was that, you know, body emotion stays in motion. And so, you know, to, to just keep trying, right. Just keep trying. And it's been hard for him. And I think actually more than anything, it's just been frustrating, right. It's very, very frustrating. It's frustrating to lose, um, the ability to do certain things, you know, and you notice this when like, for example, I cut my hand over Christmas and then you can't do dishes, right. Because I have stitches in my hand. And so just things that you kind of take for granted are all of a sudden gone and it's hard, right? Like I get that. That's hard. Um, but because of this conversation, it made me take a step back and actually really think about Newton's first law. So for those of you that don't know, that portion of the quote is from Newton's first law, right? So um, he has three laws of motion. And the first law, uh, I actually believe, is kind of one of the ones that you see quoted the most. And to some degree, just portions of it quoted, right? Like not the entire quote. So um, the whole first law is an object at rest stays at rest. An object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction, unless acted upon by an unbalanced force, right? So that's actually Newton's first law. You'll sometimes hear it um, being said that um, an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. Uh, so they'll cut out the, the you know, speed and direction and they won't say unbalanced. They'll just say outside. Okay, fine. But because of this conversation with my dad, it made me really think about uh, Newton's first law and how it actually applies to humans, right? So instead of thinking about, you know, apples from trees and balls rolling down hills or, you know, whatever else you learned in your high school science class, right? Um, if you were to actually apply this to everyday life, what does it really mean, right? And what does it mean to me? And I know that that's kind of outside of the norm for how you apply um, a scientific law, but that's what, that's what I'm going to do today. I'm, I'm going to step outside the norm. 
So take the first part, right? An object at rest stays at rest, right? So I really started thinking about those lazy days where you get up and you have no energy and you, you can't even make yourself do anything because you're just being so lazy, right? And it seems like this Herculean effort just to get off the sofa, right? Like, ugh, I've got things to do, right? Or if you ever think about um, after Thanksgiving dinner, for those of you who are in the U.S., right, um, you've gorged on food and, I mean, you just rest. It is like, it is like you just shut off. You just rest. And I would say that that is um, – absolutely true, right? Like a a body in rest kind of stays at rest and it requires some amount of inertia to get moving. And if you think about it in the sense of working out, right? Like somebody who never, ever works out, getting into a rhythm or a routine of actually working out, changing that restful behavior is also very difficult because it requires that jump up to get over that bit of inertia, right? So if we then look at the second part, right? So um, an object in motion stays in motion, right? Kind of the same thought process, right? However, here, when I think about motion, you know, I do think about exercise, right? I think about just getting up, just physically moving, right? Like that that is a type of being in motion. However, I also think about it as being um, like rituals or habits or routines that you get into. And so in some cases, I think that that type of motion is good. However, you know, we as humans, I think can often get into these very rut driven, routine driven life, right? Because again, it's comfortable, right? Like there's no questions in it. And when we do that to ourselves, getting back out of it again, requires inertia, right? And the key thing here that I think is really interesting that gets kind of forgotten and missed often is, um, that an object in motion will stay in motion, key here, with the same speed and the same direction, right? So if you think about it, it's like um, when you have started working on a project, like let's say, for example, you're tearing up your front yard and you realize like maybe this isn't exactly what I wanted, but then you're like, I'm already into it. Like like there's just, there's too much, there's too much momentum now. Like I, I can't change this train, Right. And, um, and so you just kind of keep chugging down this exact same path, uh, that same direction, right? Often with the same speed, right? The same cadence. And so bumping my miles, I know going back to working out, right? Bumping my miles from June where I ran 46 to August where I ran 56, right? It's only 10 more miles. I think it's just 10 more miles, 10 more miles spread across 30 some days. Like how hard can it really be? Um, but those types of deltas, those types of changes require you to step outside of your comfort zone, right? And I believe that as we age, we are less and less likely to make those changes, right? If you look at, for example, um, my mother-in-law, who's never worked out in her entire life, um, and you were to su- suggest to her, like, why don't you go do some water aerobics? Why don't you take a bike ride? Why don't you, you know, any of these things, right? Um there would just be this instant like turnoff, right? Like not, it's not going to happen, right? Whereas when you ask a seven-year-old or nine-year-old or even, you know, 16-year-old to try something new, they do, right? And so this 
amount of inertia, I believe, only gets worse and worse and worse as we age because we are rut-driven, right? And so when you start thinking about the last part, right, that you need this unbalanced or this outside force to change you, sometimes for some people it's health reasons, right? So things change because of health reasons. Um, But for other people, right, it is self realization. It is, you know, somebody dies and it, it shakes them up or, you know, uh, something like that, right? Like there, there's some, there's some event, there's some, some catalyst that causes them to kind of stop and, and, and take notice. I think back to when I was a child and I loved change so much that it was every week, every two weeks, I would move all the furniture around in my bedroom And I wanted to test out sleeping in every single nook and cranny of my bedroom. At one point, I actually put a mattress in my closet on the floor so I could test out sleeping inside the closet, right? And if you think about that, as an adult, um, it's lucky if I change my sheets after two years, right? Like they need to be falling apart before I'll actually, you know, change something. You get so accustomed and so used to the status quo that breaking outside of that really requires some type of flick, some type of change, some type of uh, drive to want to make some of these changes. And so for today, what I'm asking you to think about is, have you ended up in this spot where let's say you have some fantastic habit and it's, and it's the habit of you go for a walk every single day right? Every single day, seven days a week, you go for a walk. And what I'm asking you to think about is not, not to change healthy habits, right? Especially not if it's working for you. Um, but what about if you took just a few extra minutes before you go on a walk one day a week and you just crank some disco and dance, right? What if instead of just going on your walk, um, you walk somewhere slightly differently and sit and take 10 deep breaths, right? Tune into yourself, right? Tune into what's going on inside of you, right? What if, what if you just took your, your routines and just changed them a little, you know, what if you're really daring and, um, you just pick up a whole new sport, right? Uh, about, 12 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I decided I wanted to learn how to play soccer. Never played soccer my whole life. Never even kicked a soccer ball, right? (laughs) I went out there. I was horrible. I was absolutely horrible. Um, But I tried it, you know? And it told me a lot about myself, right? How I play on a team, um, you know, doing tennis now with my daughter, right? I'm not great at it. I'm not great but it utilizes different parts of my brain. It utilizes different parts of my body. And to some degree I'm in motion, but I'm not in a motion where I'm not thinking about the motion, right? I'm making a conscious decision to test out a different direction, right? So imagine you're, you're a rocket and you're traveling through space, right? You will, you know, in the absence of a force, continue to travel in that exact same direction forever if you don't make a change forever, you will be doing the exact same thing 10 years from now, 12 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if you do not change and grow, right? So how do you pick what to change and grow into? And I think that is the the, kind of the hard thing for folks, right? 
and you get older and things are less easy and you get hurt more easily. Um, things are more challenging. I don't disagree. Time is more precious. Um, how, how do you, do you pick those directions? And in all honesty, I think that changing things a little tiny, don't go crazy, tiny opens up kind of the floodgates for what's out there. All right. Changing your ritual or routine just a little to see which direction does it take me, right? Do you want to learn how to walk on stilts? Maybe that's what you want to do, you know? Um, but you've just never had, you've never had the opportunity, right? How would you know that if you don't actually like open that little door? Just a little, just a little, right? Um, and, and I will guarantee you this. I am the person that you see at the grocery store where when a good 80s song comes on, I am shaking my groove thing. It embarrasses my husband. It embarrasses my daughter. And I could give two flying farts because when I move, it's like happiness. It's like joy, right? I challenge you to crank a good song and be in a bad mood. I challenge you. Give it a try. Now, if you're going to play a sad song, close your eyes and dance to a sad, you could be sad. But if you play a grooving song, disco, something that just is so uplifting, you can't dance to it and be sad. You can't. It's it's just, it, it is physically impossible in my, in my book. <laughs> um, so currently, right, what I'm doing is, you know, I told you about my um, tough week, the way I'm communicating, the way I'm trying things. Um, we've decided to use a test audience to try to test out some of our ideas for how to convey information, right? If our point is not getting across to people who we think it should get across to, um, it is one of two things, right? Like either we're not conveying it well, we're not speaking it well, or the audience, you know, isn't at the same location to be able to get it. And so, you know, at work, we're going through and we're going to, we're going to kind of use like a test audience, like a, like a test for, for a movie or something, right? Um, I have never heard about anybody at work doing this, <laughs> right? It's different. It is weird. Uh, we are going to quiz the audience on whether or not they actually understand what it is that we're going through, what it is that we're saying to them. Because a lot of times, especially in the science fields that we're in, you get people who sit there and they shake their heads, but really they don't want to be the person who says, I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Um, and so I found a bunch of willing volunteers who understand that this might be kind of uncomfortable for them and it's going to be uncomfortable for us, right? But but it is to make something better, right? It's different. It's change. Uh, and, and I'm super, I'm super excited about it, right? I'm super excited to try it. Um, you know, the person who I, I sent an email to asking for advice um, just wrote back and really had no advice, right? It was, it was kind of a, a terse email of, you know, you did fine, right? Mm. <laughs> um, and what I'm finding now is that when you begin to work in such a way that you're crossing over all kinds of areas, right? Like I no longer have my little tiny box, right? My box has grown to the point where um, I just, I cross over with all kinds of things, communicate, 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 and sometimes communicate to the point of, of killing the other person with communication, right? Like, um, because I don't, I don't want any of these folks to kind of be left behind, right? Uh, if it crosses over with them, I want, I want to share that with them, right? 
And so at some point in time, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some pushback from somebody who's going to be like, back off, you know, too much, too much communication. But until that happens, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going with my communication. So for today, I have my, uh, Enchanted Blossoms deck of cards, my fantastic witchy deck of cards. Um, and I have a sweet friend. I don't know if she's listening, uh, who has had foot surgery and she's laid up. So I'm hoping that during her laid up time, she's using the time to get caught up on the podcast. And so, you know, I'm kind of focusing on you and I know, I know that she's in kind of a rough spot, right? You know, um, not being able to put weight on your foot, how do you, how do you interact with family? How do you, how do you just get around? I get it. I get it. It's like, it's just rough. So, um, I'm thinking about you dear and, um, we're going to see what the, uh, the blossom cards have to share with us. And so it is, oh, <laughs> this is when you wish you had video, right? It's like, oh, um, happiness. And it is a happy dragon wrapped around the common buckeye. So let's see what it has to say about happiness. All right. Oh, that's so interesting. So the flower actually is the Coraopsis and the, it's a butterfly dragon that is a common buckeye. I thought the buckeye was a flower. So there you go. That is me being, you know, ignorant in my flowers, huh? These cheerful daisy-like flowers boast bi-colored petals of deep red and brown centered and gold yellow ends. Coreopsis grow wild through the South, Central, and North America and is a state flower of Florida. Huh, learn something new every day. It grows in fields along roadsides and is quite popular in xeriscaping and natural gardens. The, indi the indigenous and frontier people may have used this flower, including for dyes and teas. And it was thought that suffering, uh, stuffing, sorry, not suffering, <laughs> stuffing your mattress with Coreopsis would keep bug beds away. Okay, not recommending trying that. The Zuni also used it to promote the birth of female babies. <laughs> Some are blooming and tolerant in many various conditions. Coreopsis is now a favorite in gardens and pots in China. Again, interesting. Enjoy the little things in life. Being happy is a choice, not a destination. With some helpful cues and careful planning, you can now choose to be more cheerful. Seek out small pleasures, such as a nice cup of tea, some beautiful flowers, a good laugh with friends, or a favorite movie. And I'm going to toss in there, not in the book, just a quick little boogie dance. <laughs> Go on daily walks and make time to look at the stars. Play more, even if it is for a few moments. Be sure to create time for yourself and the things that bring you cheer every day. The more action you take towards your happiness, the more ingrained these pleasurable habits will become. So the question is, what makes you happy? And what can I do for my long-term happiness? So those are like the little questions at the end of the, of the flower. Um, the little dragon is adorable. So cute. Anyway, so there you go. Um, little joys in life. So thank you for tuning in and um, let Newton's first law of motion resonate with you for a little bit. Chew on it. Think about uh, 
your motion and where you want to go. See you on the flip side.